Hey guys, my name is Braxton. And my name is Nathan. And today we're joined by Josh from Grove Supply Co. And this is the Capture Society. This is a podcast for all creatives, no matter what your skill set or passion is. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and let's capture society. So we're super happy to have you on, man. Uh, just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who Josh Ritter is and what Grove Supply Co. is. Sure, yeah. Um, so my name's Josh. Um, I graduated from Indiana Bible College in 2017 and I thought that music was going to be my life. And uh, I guess God had another direction for me to head in. And um, so I just picked up leather work about three years ago uh, in October and... I've just been grinding, pushing, and I've been able to turn that into a full-time gig. Uh, so my wife and I live here in Michigan now, and uh, I run Grove Supply Co. from our back bedroom in our apartment full-time. So it's crazy stuff. That's awesome. And you make very good stuff too. I'm a daily user of your work. Uh, I really enjoy my wallet. Uh, I said this last time, but it's still true. Every time I pull my wallet out in public to pay for something, I immediately feel superior to oh. everybody. I'm <laughs> oh, just yeah. like, you see this wallet? It's nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. I remember when you first got started. Uh, it you you kind of were lucky, and I think this kind of goes into the whole creative thing. Like, find a network because if you have a network of people, like friends are super supportive. And I remember just like every IBC account that I followed on Instagram, it was like everyone was in support of Josh because it was super cool. And uh, I, I have I think six of his wallets. <laughs> and <Wow>. yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh, there's been so many nights where i'm literally laying in bed like it's like one in the morning and i'm like dude i want that wallet you just posted <laughs> and uh dude yeah but I, it's good stuff I'm, I'm rocking um this ghost chestnut right now and okay. uh, it's super sick it's that one that has like the cutout but because the cutout is where the card goes it's the only part of the wallet that's maintained the original color yeah. so yeah cool. well okay Let's talk about the music side of things. Cause like, I, I remember you being a, like, that was your life. Like yeah. acoustic player, you sang, you, you played piano and you were on praise for all 40 years. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was, what kind of, what was that mentality switch when like, I, I think it's important as a creative to recognize when you know, something isn't where you're supposed to be, but you want to pick something else up. So Talk us through that. Like, when did you realize, okay, music is probably not my all thing that I'm going to do, but like, what made you go to leather? I really was. um, uh, So my wife and I were living in Columbus, Ohio at the time, and I wasn't working at a church. I was, you know, just volunteering and just being a part of a church that we loved. And, you know, um, so I was working at Amazon, um, and it was just, it was terrible, dude. Like I was a delivery driver. So it, that honestly is lame as that might sound. It really was pushing me because in my church in Columbus, there were so many, um, entrepreneurs. There were like a lot of businessmen and women that just like had a passion for something and they just did it. And, and that church really pushed a lot, which I thought was a really cool um, dynamic in that church was they were like, we need more apostolic, you know, Pentecostal business people. And I was like, 
I mean, you know, why not? You know, so I actually had been, uh, I was out to eat with John Shellhart, which I'm, I know Braxton knows. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, dude, I want to do something with leather. I was like, I don't know what I want to do yet. I was like, phone cases would be cool. And he was like, dude, I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Leather's cool. So they really didn't go much past that. <laughs> and so I was actually in a coffee shop on my day off from Amazon and I had a leather keychain that was getting ready to fall apart. And I was like, just looking at it, I was like, you know what? I got to have to replace this at some point. So I was like, this doesn't look that hard to make. And I was with my friend Isaac Kolohalani at the time. And he was like, dude, it doesn't. Like, I bet you could do that. Like, totally. Because he's he's super passionate about whatever it is. And if you have an yeah. idea, he like he's the kind of friend that will push you guy. until you do it. Yeah, very, very supportive. So, I was like, you know what? We have the full day off. We're just chilling in Columbus. And I was like, let me just look up and see if there's like a leather supply shop here or something just by chance. Come to find out that there's a Tandy Leather in Columbus, which... It's a pretty big leather company, supply company, but there's not a ton of stores around the U.S. They're in some major cities and some not. Um, so, like, the closest one for me here in Michigan is probably an hour away. But in Columbus, it was probably, like, 20 minutes away. And that's I was like, this is wild. At the time, I didn't know it was so rare to have one. I was just like, oh, cool. There's one here. Let's just drive here. So, we went. I walked in. I showed the employees. I was like, hey, I want to make this. Like, what do I need? And... They're like, okay. And they like walked me around the store, um, got me some like scrap leather just to start off with and like some basic tools. And I was hammering actually with like a wooden mallet at the time that had no weight to it. And it took me forever to like set the snaps and stuff in the keychain. And so I remember that night I made my first keychain and I showed my wife because <clears throat> I told her, I called her on the phone. I was like, okay, I'm about to make a $50 investment, but I promise if it's cool, I will turn it into more than $50. She's like, okay, whatever. Like if you think you can do it. So I bought the stuff, went home that night. Like I said, I, I made a keychain real quick. She was like, that's wild. So I posted about the keychain and I had a few people hit me up. They're like, yo, that'd be so cool. Uh, can I get one? Can I get one for my friend? I was like, this could be a thing. So I just thought at the time, keychains were going to be it. And it just kind of evolved from there, you know? And so here we are making wallets, bags, still making keychains, you know, just a ton more stuff than I ever thought it would be. So for an up and coming creative, this is not limited to content creation. This is you want to take your creative art. ideas, your art. art, you want to express yourself and you want to turn it into something that can be profitable. Yeah. What is something that you would say to them to kind of aid them in that process? Because there, there is a leap of faith that you have to take. Like you said, I mean, you had to call your wife and say, hey, I'm making this investment. What would you say to an up and coming creative who wants to take that first step? I think it's all about finding a little bit of confidence in yourself because mm -hmm. it, it could have easily have flopped. It could have like not turned into anything. And I knew I was taking that risk and I'm continuously like running my own business and you know, half of my income now, it relies on me making sales daily. And that's a risk I wake up to every morning. So if I don't, if I don't have new ideas, if I don't push myself, if I don't like step out of the box a little bit or think out of the box, you know, if I don't take the risk, you know, you're never really going to see an outcome 
that could potentially be amazing for you. If I would have never taken that risk that day, yeah, fifty dollars isn't a ton to invest in the beginning of a business, but that's all it took for me. And from there, it just grew. So now I'm making larger investments. I'm planning ahead more. So I think it really is about all about risk because without any risk, there really is no reward or possibility yeah, of reward. I think as creatives, you know, uh, it, it's 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 like our investment, right? Like I, I'm not walking out and saying, hmm, what. You know, what company can I invest in today? What startup can I invest in? What, you know, whatever. It, but time isn't, it, it is money. And so I, if I right. wake up and I say, you know what, I want to reach this network or I want to get into this niche of people, uh, you know, I, you're investing in yourself. You're investing in, in a future. Um, and, and that's like, I, I've always talked about that. Um, and I think it's super important. I think one of the things that I love the most about your business for one is that like you're constantly uh, coming out with like different looks and different styles of wallets. And I remember when you texted me and you were like, I think I'm going to go away from Grove Leather Company or I'm going to go to Grove Supply Co. So I could be more of like a general store and yeah. not be limited to just leather and you've really taken on the EDC world and been able to get into the market of like mm -hmm. guys that love knives and guys that love flat lays and what's in your pocket. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's, you've reached more people with that, not just because like, oh, you're the leather guy. And, you know, I, I, we had, a, we had an episode that actually flopped because we too had a corruption on some of the files, but we entitled it strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. So we, we entitled it strength in numbers, but we talked a lot about like, you know, utilizing the people around you. And I think a, a mistake that a lot of creatives make is they get content with the same old, same old. And they, they get stuck in this rut of like, I'm going to keep making the same stuff and that's it. And, yeah. and at some point culture <laughs> flies by them, a new creative flies by them, a new idea flies by them and they're stuck in the past because they didn't see the need for an update or an upgrade. And so had you just stayed the, ah, this is fun. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to make keychains. Mm -hmm. It would have been cool. You might have made a few bucks. You might have had a really cool time doing it. And it would have sure. been a hobby. But I think you've definitely made this a business. Oh, and I also like that you talked about risk and confidence because the reality is when it comes to creative work, art is subjective. And so if you were to have a client come up to you and be like, hey, do you think that you can make this for me? And you're like... I might can, I will see, you know, I haven't really done that before. Like the reality is, is like, if, if you won't take that bet on yourself, nobody else is going to either. And so it really is yeah. important. If you're going to take that step, take that step, do it with confidence, you know, believe in yourself. Uh, and, and that's, what's going to garner that respect and that yeah. success. So I have a random question. This wasn't in the first episode. Sure. Um, I think the power of no is a huge, huge skill to learn. Mm -hmm. And this was just recently, I remember Josh, uh, you called me, uh, about touch of modern. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what touch of modern is, it's, it's, uh, it's an app or a website. It's, it's basically like a, a distribution company of really cool modern stuff that like you wouldn't see at Ross or Marshall's or target. Like it's really cool, unique looking things. And they reached out to you and wanted mm -hmm. to sell your wallets. And I mean, to my knowledge, you said no, right? Yeah, it just was a timing thing and it was something that I wanted to do really well that I didn't feel like I could execute at the time for them. And I 
you know, I saw that opportunity as something I might be able to fulfill down the road. So I, I was honest with them and just said I didn't have the capacity for, for what they were wanting at the time. And for what that website does for people, I mean, they're, I mean it's a pretty big company. And it, I was honored to be asked you know, to be a part of that. It just wasn't something that I had the capacity for at the time, you know. So, and knowing your own creative bandwidth is is crucial. So what would you say to a creative that, you know, I think take on everything you can get, get involved, get plugged in, take on work, say yes to projects. But when it starts to gain traction, you know, how do you build that, that strength of knowing when to say no, whether that's because of family time or personal time or knowing your own, whatever you, whether it's, you know, um, strengths. And I actually, let's lead into Paulo's question. Cause I think this okay. could really easily go there. Paulo asked the question, what's the best tip that you could give to small business owners? So let's, let's answer the question of how to say no, knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses, but then what's, what's the best tip that you would give to small business owners? You know, it's funny because I actually said yes to everything at first and it actually led me to find my niche, I guess, like what I also, what I enjoyed doing, um, because I found that if I was doing something I hated, yeah, I would still do my best to do it really well, but I wasn't enjoying myself. Could I make some money off of it? Sure. Um, I have people in my DMS that I say no to almost daily because I just know it's something that is a skill. Maybe I don't have yet and that I don't, I know I don't have the time to put into to learn right now, you know? Um, so for me, I said yes to everything in the beginning to learn what to say no to in the future, if that makes any wow. sense. Yeah. Um, and for the second part of the question, um, could you remind me of that? This <laughs> yeah. What's the best tip that you could give to other small business owners? Um, creativity and consistency on social media platforms was humongous for me. When I wasn't getting the traction that I wanted, I still post it daily. Um, you know, I did stories showing people if I did have something going on, um, I would post about it. You know, I, I wasn't trying to just make myself look busy. I was trying to show people that this is something I was serious about. And I think if you, mm-hmm. again, kind of goes back to the confidence level. If you show people that you're taking yourself and what you're doing seriously, then I think they're more prone to take you seriously as well. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's, Let's let's answer Paulo's second question because there's something I want to talk about. It's kind of the elephant in the room amongst uh, <laughs> some creative groups. So uh, before we move on, there is something I want to segue out of what we've been talking with you, Josh. But I, I Paulo does have one more question for the podcast, okay. and I don't want to skip over it. Uh, he said, "As creatives, who has influenced your voice and style the most, and how do you stay true to who you are as a creative?" Um, so I'll answer, and then Josh can answer, and Nate can answer. Uh, for me, I. You know, from day one of being a creative, um, I, I hate to admit it, but I'm a huge people pleaser. Uh, and so I am highly influenced by the people that the video is for or my work is for. And whether that be lost souls for a church conference, you know, that I did a video and it might reach the world or whether it's for uh, a church, you know, it's promotional. So I, I've always tried to have my own voice and my own style and I could name thousands of content creators that I think make great content, but the people that, that, that influence me, um, is the people that I'm, I'm editing for because when they come to me and they say, God spoke to me through this, or I felt yeah. this. And, and that also goes into how I stay true to who I am as a creative 
uh, I'd say 95% of my creative work revolves around the church. I work full-time for UBCI headquarters. I do side gigs for myself for apostolic churches and conferences, and then I do weddings. But most of my work revolves around the church, and I stay true to that by knowing that I've, I am a, uh, a, a conduit for God's word. And when I go to these conferences and I go to work, I'm helping spread his word. So, Josh, what's your answer? Um, I would say a huge influence for me was Peter McKinnon, which I'm sure a lot of people know of him. And that's, you know, a lot of people probably can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he does photography and videography and stuff like that. Um, But, I mean, photography has been a huge part of my growth on Instagram as well. So I've watched a ton of his stuff, you know, learning his style. Um, But also, you know, kind of adding my own flair into that. And I don't know if many people know this, but he actually... He had as a failed leatherworking business. Um, he talked about it in a video one time. Um, so I sometimes every now and then his Pete's Pirate Life account, he'll post like leather goods that he makes. And I feel like I'm just overall just inspired by him in general, you know, his creativity yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And how do you stay true to who you are? Because like you said, I, I would say you're highly creative. Your account has become more of a, a landing page for people that care about flat lays and pocket dumps. And sure. oh, I've got what I'm about to post with your stuff. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I text Josh, like, Hey dude, I saw this knife on Amazon. What do you think? Or what, what's the, what's the coolest pocket carry knife I should get? So I think you've definitely stepped into the creative world as a yeah. photographer, as a product photographer, you know, and kind of your own style. But how do you stay true to that as a I leather think- worker and like photographer? Sure. With, with anything creative, I think you can stay true to yourself by genuinely following your passion with something like that. Like not just copying somebody or doing something just because you think it's cool or it would look cool. I'm passionate about leather. I'm passionate about EDC, knives, you know, anything that has to do with that. So I find that I can stay true to myself because it's something I actually care about. Yeah. Love that. So for me, my current influencers are probably the people around me that are close to me that I respect. Um, you've heard of like too many chefs in the kitchen. Uh, I have the same concept. I send my work to a handful of people, but it's a, it's a small select group. It's people that they, they know my creative, uh, workflow. They know my ability so they can check me and say like, mm, I think you could do better or, Oh, I'd like to see this. Um, but I'll send it to a, just a, a small handful of people and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And, and, um, they really do help influence, you know, what I'm going to do with the video. What should I change? And it's kind of like my, um, my group that just keeps me sharp. And so I would say that they, they are my influence really. Um, and to stay true to myself, I'm just going to echo what Josh said. Um, if I'm not passionate about it, if it doesn't speak to me, uh, then I'm, my quality level is just going to tank. And that's an unfortunate characteristic in the professional world. Um, but the reality is if I'm going to stay true to myself, this is art, this is an expression. And so I want to make sure that I'm expressing stuff that I care about, that I'm passionate about and stuff that amps me up. Because the reality is if you constantly are creating for stuff that just doesn't make you passionate, you're pouring your cup and you're pouring and pouring, but it's never going to fill you back up. But when you create something you're passionate about, it just lights that fire even more. It prevents burnout. And so that's how I stay true to myself is I just, I just stay pocket with my passion. And luckily my passion is content creation in the church. It's what I get to do full time. And uh, I'm very blessed to be able yeah. to do that. I, yeah. uh, um, I have a unique opportunity where, you know, I, I work full time at a job that's for the church. 
but it's also content creation for it's a company. UPCI World Headquarters, it is a company. You know, I work on a whole host of things that would be considered corporate work, right? And here's what's the thing. There's going to be stuff that we do as creatives that I'm not passionate about it. I'm not passionate about training videos. I'm not passionate about stuff that isn't fun and upbeat. But you know what's interesting is when you start to like sit down and say, I'm going to try to just do my best here. I'm going to, I'm going to invest my time into, you know, if it's not perfect in the sense of like, it's not the project I want it to be, but I'm going to try to do something to the best of my ability. There's always someone that's like blown away by it. And it could be like the littlest of like an animation you put in that you said this might help just add a little bit of like a a, a touch and they're like, whoa, and it blows their mind. So I think, you know, find what you're passionate about because oftentimes it'll help you when you're in that rut of what you're not passionate about. So, um, so let's, let's segue because I've been excited to talk about this elephant in the room for a long (laughs) time. And uh, I've, I've, I've followed along through the text when this happened Josh has a super unique opportunity that he's been able to do that I don't think any other creative would get to say. It's a cool accolade. Um, you've made a wallet for Hold for Suspense, <laughs> Peter McKinnon. Yeah. And I think that's just super dope. Like, yeah. what? Dude, Peter McKinnon on his Pete's Pirate Life channel messaged you, followed you, and ordered a wallet from you. Talk, yeah. us, talk to us about that. Dude, it was, it, it's been a wild ride. Um, it started out with, um, his buddy Kirk, Captain Kirk on Instagram. And he was like, he messaged me out of the blue and it was like, dude, I'm like in the market for a handmade wallet. And I came across your stuff and I absolutely love it. That would have been enough for me. I was freaking out at that point. I'm like, dude, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you want? And so he was going back and forth about a couple designs and, um, you guys know how Pete and Kirk come out with those, uh, like challenge coins, right? Yeah. Uh, with like little sayings on it and stuff. And I finally was able to get my hands on one. I was like, cause when they drop them, dude, like they'll have 200, but they sell out in like 60 seconds and I'm just never quick enough. Um, so I finally got one and I was like, I want a way to carry this around. So I created a wallet around that coin and I posted about it. I didn't like share it with him specific Kirk or Pete specifically, but Kirk saw that and he was like, this is the one. Cause I told him the story about it. I was like, dude, yeah, I was just so stoked to finally get my hands on one of your guys' coins and I needed a way to house it now. Cause I wanted to carry it around. He was like, Oh dude, I'm sold. Like just tell me where to send money. So I made <laughs> Kirk one and he, it took him about a week or two to get it. They're up in Canada. So, you know, shipping is a little longer. And he got it and he was just raving about it. And he was like, dude, this is great. I love it. It's perfect for what I need and it carries the coin perfectly. And so fast forward, maybe two days after that, um, I woke up. I remember I'd slept, slept in a little that day. It was like 10 or 1030. And I woke up, checked my phone like most of us do. And I saw a message from Pete's Pirate Life. And I was like, no Heart drop, bro. way. <laughs> and you know how some people can have like, similar names on Instagram when they try to like, um, yeah, expand accounts. Yeah. Like a fake account. So I like looked on it and it had the blue check mark and everything. It was Pete. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So I missed, I opened the message. Well, I remember taking a screenshot. I sent it to you Braxton and I sent it to John <laughs> Shellhart. You guys were the two first people I told about it. And hey. cause I was just, 
flipping out. I couldn't believe it. So I opened the message and he was like, Hey dude, saw Kirk's wallet. I absolutely love it. I, I need one. He was like, tell me where to send money to right now. And I was like, this is so crazy. Like in my mind, I'm freaking out. I like had to like do breathing exercises just to chill out. So I didn't sound like some kind of like weirdo, like obsessed fan. But I was like, yeah, man, like I'll make you one. Like, let's go. Let's do this. So we picked out, you know, what colors of leather and thread he wanted. And he was so hype about it. Um, He literally had me overnight at like UPS to Canada and he got the next day and he's loving it. And, you know. I haven't really heard much other than that. Like, you know, he's loving carrying it. And obviously it was probably, he thought it was pretty cool that, you know, I made the wallet around carrying one of his coins, you know? So it's just been wild, man. Yeah. So, okay. So then the final question here, you know, when you started, like you said, you were sitting in your day off and you're like, I could, I could make this keychain, And it was kind of a hobby. And, you know, you spent 50 bucks to get in, invested in this. Now you've made a wallet for Peter McKinnon, who you already stated is your inspiration, someone that you've looked to for that kind of boost and confidence. What's the difference between now and then? And what would you tell a creative that's sitting in a coffee shop, looking at a hobby, saying, I can put 50 bucks into this investment, don't know where it's going to go, but I'm passionate about it. What, what's the difference between Josh then and Josh now? And how, how how can, how can someone get there? Okay. So I think there's a couple different ways that I got here. And it's kind of three things that I already talked about. It was taking a risk, um, consistency and confidence. And I think those are the three things that really pushed me. You know, you're asking what's the difference between Josh then and Josh now. And I think those three things really just propelled, um, what my business forward, you know, I, I'm doing things now that I never thought it would be a reality. Like even down to being able to have so much leather on hand to work with and having some of the tools that I dreamed about having in the beginning. Um, I think the combination of those three things, if you have those three things, they can be a real game changer to whatever creative um, business you have or business venture or anything, you know, creative that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. We've had a blast having you here. So much fun. So much fun. Thank you for joining us. And uh, remember to follow us on Instagram, watch us on YouTube, listen to us on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple. All those places. And all the places. Please, we're wanting good topics. Hit us up, thecastsociety.com. And if you aren't already... Make sure you're following Josh. Also, tell us who you'd like to see on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Guys like Josh, like Chase, we just had him on. We want to bring who you want to see. So hit us up and we will catch you on the next episode. 